The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson. Each week on the podcast, we visit a different foodie city and explore the cuisine that makes that place special, whether it be custard tarts in Lisbon, mango beer in Mumbai, or lizard curry in Guatemala. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Oh, see, now that was a great pour. Thank you, Bart. That's the best pour I've done in weeks. Weeks? Excellent. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers, and I'm sitting here with, well, full crew today, Brian Casey and Bart Hansen and Sam Katori and John Musto and Tom Young from Drive Wines. Hey, welcome, guys, on a beautiful day in Sonoma. Wow. You guys bring this nice weather? Absolutely. All the way from yeah, up all, the road a little bit? All the bit. way from Pengrove. Yeah, no kid. Exactly where is Pengrove? Pengrove is... <laughs> I know. Come on, man. Really? Other people want to know, too, because it's in between a It's in couple. between Petaluma and Rona Park. Well, Brian, that's your hang, man. It is. Absolutely. I live in the M section right by Sonoma State, so it depends if you go one street over or one street over. It's either Pengrove, Katati, or Rona Park. Yep, exactly. Yeah, we're sort of straddlers. Four, four corners. Pengrove's got a cool little downtown. It sure does. Yep. Good. Uh, the cafe, the, the the little deli there, the market, and the, a bar in downtown Pengrove. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. then and then you blink, you cross the railroad tracks, and you're in Petaluma. <laughs> <Two blinders there. laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Helps keep the riffraff out a little bit. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's There's a lot of um, you get on some of those back roads there. Uh, what uh, to the to the west of town and there's a lot of old chicken um, barns mm. still back there with that beautiful redwood. They're still back there too. So well, there's cool. a reason for it. Right. There's it's some tax thing. If you still have it on your property, if you don't take it off growing up in Petaluma, I know this, you know this too. Um, if you tear down the old chicken coop, then something like your property taxes go up or something. It's some yeah. sort of like grandfathered the, thing. The Williams, not surprised. The Williamson Act. Sam, yeah. a good one. Former lobbyist. Former lobbyist. <laughs> <laughs> Our tasting house guests right now on the front porch are, uh, was like one of, one. you know, I was at the bottom of the rung. Uh, so one of my bosses at the ad agency uh, uh, okay. who's, you know, we worked on like clean coal together and now we're clean coal and now we're, like we're trying to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's worse than jumbo shrimp. <laughs> Not according to the Chinese, though. All right, fair enough. <laughs> the coal or the shrimp? <laughs> so Bart was saying that we think you guys are our first sort of like home winemakers that have gone pro. Wait, straight. Went, that went... On the show, not, the show. not of all time. No, yeah, no, yeah, no yeah, but yeah. on, the, on yeah, the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to be clear. I mean, right, you're not the trouble. first person who've said, oh, I could do this professionally. Um, so let's t- kind of talk about uh, how that happened. You were making wine in the garage. Well, wait a minute. I, yeah. think, I think it starts at Santa Rosa JC, right? Uh-huh. Yep. And um, did you ever take a class from Pat Henderson? 
No, no. It was a little before our time he that, was. that yeah. I was teaching okay. there. Yeah, so yeah. I, I still have one more course to go, but Tom finished his uh, his viticulture degree up at the JC, and I've been taking enology courses there, and we kind of crossed paths at a vit class um, out at Schoen Farm, and I don't know if you guys have had a chance to be out there, but that's a, yeah, it's a, great, that's a really great cool place. spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Mary Lark Padgett Johnson was the, the main teacher in the vit department there. Okay. Yeah. And, and so any of the winemaking <laughs> courses also or the wine appreciation courses? Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we, yeah. we did some tasting courses. We did, uh, what was it, Wine, wine Faults? Wine we Faults. We took together. Um, but this class was uh, spring practices, if I remember correctly, and it was out in the mm -hmm. vineyard. Um, and Tom overheard me saying that I had made wine at home one year. I moved out here in 2013 <clears throat> and made a wine in my garage down the street from here. From uh, You moved here from where? I, what I brought in, you here? I grew up in the East Coast. Um, was born and raised in Connecticut. Lived in Boston for about four years. Uh, decided to do the European thing and, and spent 18 months in Italy and, and that was enough for me to say I need to be in the wine industry. So it was more of a food trajectory and, and I kind of switched gears while I was there and decided I wanted to be in the wine industry. So once I finished school, which is when uh, 2013, I moved right out here and kicked off winemaking within a month and a half of moving out here. Had my dad fly out from the East Coast and he helped me make... Uh, Smash some grapes for you? Yeah, we crushed up a little bit of Zinfandel from this vineyard up in Fulton. Um, and then sure enough, two years later, Tom and I connected yep. and, and made Zinn from that same vineyard in Fulton um, at Tom's Garage in, in lovely Pengrove. But, uh, yep, yep. Yeah, he was sitting behind me in one of the vid classes. That's, that's how we met. And we decided to make our first batch in my garage in, what was that, 2015? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I've never done that, but I got a friend who lives actually. Now you jumped right, right into professional winemaking with no. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Um, I got a friend who lives in Pengrove, yeah. uh, Cam, Cam Izaza, who, um, do you know Cam? He lives on Sturdivant, which is just six seven two seven. where Probably I should give out his address. Right. <laughs> He's got a great live, cellar. So he is. Keeps his weed in brothers. the garage. That's right. <laughs> he is wondering. growing up my best friend, Dave Izaza. That's his brother. And so at okay. one point I was living at Cam's house. Okay. With, um, with him and Anita. And I think, I think. Uh, mom lives in the, the little apartment that I was living in, but he's been doing it for years. But I always wonder, like, how do you go to that store in Santa Rosa and get um, beverage people? Beverage yeah. people, right? Yeah, yeah, they so know is that how it all starts. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and we we get most of our stuff from there, even even today, because we're still doing the home winemaking right. in Fulton. So I was in the beverage people just last week. Okay, and so how do you maintain your garage at a perfect temperature so and climate <laughs> cleanliness. You, you live in Pengrove. Like it's not because I heard a rumor that you're work, they were, they're working on cars in there. So I'm okay. picturing it smells like grease. No, and no, no, tools no, no. all over the place. And that Riesling petrol kind of. <laughs> right. That's, yeah. that's weird how it's got that. Now, let, let me tell you where we ended up because we're not we're not in Pengrove anymore. We're in Fulton. Okay. So in 15, when I met John, John and I, we we bought grapes from a gentleman in Fulton. Pete Lewis, and took the grapes back to my garage, made the wine in Pengrove. The next year we went back to buy grapes again and Pete wanted to make a deal with us because he wasn't able to take care of his vineyard anymore. He asked us if we'd be interested in, in taking care of his vineyard in exchange for the grapes. How'd you like a year-round job? <laughs> well, no, you know, you know, as we taking vit classes at that time, and it's like, hey, yeah, man, you know, we get, <laughs> we can get some hands-on. I mean, you only get so much book knowledge, right? Yeah, it's a killer know? supplement to it's, everything. We were yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were like, yeah, we'll do that for sure. And then he took it a step further and said, all right, well, you guys interested in making wine here? 
if, if you want to buy all my winemaking equipment, because I can't do that anymore either, because his huh. back was so bad, hmm. um, I'll let you guys make it here in my garage. And we're like, my first thought was, get it out of the heck garage. Heck yeah, get, get it, it out, out of, my, of my garage and make my wife happy. So, so real quick, um, how big was the vineyard? What varieties were planted? Okay. And it's, what kind of equipment? It's, it's, like, what are we talking about? The vineyard, which we still take care of today, I was out there all day yesterday. It's small, it's only 172 plants. It's all Zin, St. George rootstock. And it's, when we first got there in 2016, it was a jungle. I mean, Pete's, he, he just basically let it grow. Okay. I mean, the first year we harvested 2,550 pounds from 172 <laughs> plants. Wait, so, <laughs> so it's a little talking tons grown. per acre so we can kind of figure out what would that uh, Figure it out. Uh, yeah. It's a lot. You, well, okay. you figure, you know, 1,000 to 1,500 vines per acre. Uh-huh. You know, Zinfandel, you could probably you may spread it out a little bit, 1,000 vines per acre. So you have 20% of that less than that and you got over you got over a ton yeah so you're talking at, at least five probably six tons to the acre six tons yeah. to the acre okay. which, which, which is not it's not it's yet. not over well we can we can talk about it's not out of the question for zinfandel for sure um the discussion would be of whether you could produce quality zinfandel at that kind of crop loads right. Probably better at half of that. Right. Yeah. yeah, which is where we're at now. Right. Which is, yeah, probably where it, you should be. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, we you know we took him up on that offer as well. You know, he had the the old crusher destemmer, the old basket press. Um, he had some barrels in there, a bunch of carboys. Two hundred carboys. What, yeah. What, <laughs> yeah, those are worth some money. There. Uh-huh. Um, was the destemmer one of the ones where you actually? crushed the grapes first and then destemmed them or was it a nice one that very very technologically advanced yeah no it it takes care of all it's an all-in-one kind of thing but it does have a switch that was the big piece it didn't have the hand Uh, crank yeah Yeah. it had a a no-brainer for us and it's really old i mean what did he say that was from the 1950s or something yeah it's 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 early 80s we looked it up it's an early 80s 80s? italian import but um it's it's seen some wear and tear and Every year we we roll it back out. We yep. give it a good a good scrub down and, and get her up and running again. But yeah. grape grape schmegma from um, nineteen eighty seven. You know, it's like, like a Solera <laughs> kind of right. You just kind of keep it going. It's nice. Awesome. A little bit of everything. In so there. so what's in it for this guy when he's offering all this stuff for you? What did he free say? wine, the, man? He's okay. It's, so it's a trade. It's a trade. It's, yeah, we're well, so, and he still owns. I mean, it's still his vineyard property, right? Yeah, he's yeah. got somebody making his lawn look pretty. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I always joke with him and say, "All you got to do is go out to your vines and pick a bottle off the off the vine." That I mean, basically that's it. He right. doesn't have to do much. It's a great deal for him. He can keep it. The vineyard looks great. You know, there's he's got a wine cellar in there. It's it's real small, but we've got eighty cases of wine in there. Whenever he awesome. needs wine, he just goes in there, grabs, yep. grabs some vino, and heads back. It's, so it's it's been a really how, good how thing. How long keep an inventory straight? But it's, it's a good deal. For <laughs> <laughs> Only so much Google spreadsheets can do for us. But so, well, I'm wondering, are you concerned if you get the vineyard looking good enough that then he's going to want to sell well, to that, someone that, else? That conversation comes up all the time. Okay, you know, we so don't, there is a little. Cloud. We don't know how much longer he's going to be there. You know, but I mean, it's. That's a chance we're taking. Right. It's been a really good classroom for us. We've yeah. learned a lot, not only on the vineyard end, but at the winemaking end as well. 
So is the winery, is this building you're talking about, was that just for the homemade and now you're in a custom crush place? Because it's not a yeah, bond. Yeah, so I think it's right? important bonded, to, no. to make that differentiation. And, and I think Tom was kind of getting into <clears> that. Yeah. He tells the, the production story really well. But the, the garage itself where we started making the wine, it was a, a four-bay garage in Fulton. And Pete basically allowed us to use two bays. The other two... He's still housing He's a bunch of kind of vintage Alfa Romeos. And that's where the name Drive comes from for us. We started making wine in this garage. We launched it as Drive in essentially 2015 when we started making wines together. And we still have some homemade wines labeled as Drive. But in 2017, when we decided to take this thing professional, we started making our wines up in Dry Creek Valley uh, using an alternating proprietorship. So we have, a, we have another winery right off Dry Creek Road that has a great facility and an incredible team that, that's really been helping us along the yeah. way. And, you know, it's just been, it's been learning one thing, one step at a time. And it's, it's pretty crazy how long, how it's, how it's gone, I guess. So were you entering into Sonoma County Fair every year for the... For the amateur? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Our 17 won a gold. I remember that. I mean, we won a few silvers and yeah, yeah we, we were putting them in there every year, but we, we haven't done it the last couple of years. There was one just, called a Home Winemaker Magazine as well. That I yeah, think that we one too. Into. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and that's the thing, that, you know, Sonoma County especially has a really very, a very active and big home, you know, quote unquote, home winemaker yeah. community. There's, you know, everybody's got, there's grapes everywhere. Um, so I know the Sonoma, like the Sonoma Valley chapter, they have like, a, there's a club and they do meetings and tastings and have guest speak, you know, in pre-COVID times I had guest speakers. My dad would go and talk to them and, and you know, there's, cause there's all these backyard vineyards and, and garages and barns. It's definitely like a, a vibrant group. Yeah, uh, and, at, and you know, at that like under three hundred cases or whatever the legal limit is, yep, probably right. none of them are actually staying under that limit. One hundred fifty uh, cases per person per household. Oh, so that's why you, have, you, that's know, why you have kids, right? right exactly right. <laughs> it is, it is, and and you know they used to do. Um, I think with the vintage festival here, they would do a home wine making. Um, competition and yeah, the, people yeah. here are very serious about it in yeah. Sonoma County. I, I like that's my point. There's like and really legit good wines, wines yeah. made in garages and sheds yep. and backyards all over Sonoma, right? I, I did one time judge it, and and they had us put our names on the sheet that we did the judgings on. Oh. The big mistake, big mistake. Um, and I judged it, and I tried to be really honest and and whatnot. And again, the wines were all very good, but I did get called out one time in public about because I gave some guy comments that he didn't like about his homemade wine. <laughs> so don't ever put your name on the judging. Do you remember any of those? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> he, he slid the microphone away before that question got out, John. So yeah, to, to follow up on that, uh, the whole home winemaking is is done in that that big garage. It stays nice and cool in there, and it's yeah, it's it's a great deal for us. And we'll try one of those homemade wines in a little bit. But we, uh, yeah. I think Sam was checking it out. We're we're very clear and upfront about the fact that that's not a wine for uh, for resale. We kind of play it actually it. Right on the says not for resale, which, uh -huh. of course, per piqued my interest. I'm like, that's the one I want. Can I buy that one? Let's talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> and so you chose, so if it wasn't for access to that vineyard, would you have gone in another direction as far as varietal? Like, like what do you personally drink? Would you, 
you know what I'm saying? Like, are, yeah, you're yeah, cab yeah. drinkers, but you happen to have access to Zin, so then you decided we're going to go well, that It worked we out well, because we, we yeah. are both Zin drinkers as well. Um, and I'll say for me personally, growing up in the East Coast, there weren't that many California wines that we were drinking. And those that we did, a lot of them were Zinfandel. So, okay. so it was something that I was familiar with. And I think something that someone told me when I decided to start home winemaking was, I think they said Cab and Zin are kind of two red varietals that give you a little bit of leeway for for the mistakes that might that might come up here in the first okay. year you're trying this. So okay. I don't know if you think there if you guys think there's other grapes that you've tried that home winemakers have made that have turned out good or give you a little bit more leeway. I know Pinot was kind of a let's not do that right now kind of thing, but I don't know. Pretty sure you can fuck up anything. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think the variety matters. <laughs> yeah, I guess we've all seen that. Yeah. That's fair. And it, home or professional, yeah. right? Garage, uh, yeah. winery, giant warehouse. <laughs> There's... All right, so so what are you what are your point right now, John? So this is our 2020 Rosé of Pinot Noir from Quan Vineyard, right up the street here in Carneros. Mm-hmm. Now, why is it called that? It's Q-U-A-N, and I drive by it all the time, and I I always think of the movie Jerry Maguire, because he always talks about the Quan. you got to have the Quan. It's like a mystical nah. thing. Nope, right? it's the last name, Dr. Ming Quan. He's a retired okay. doctor from San Francisco. Came up here, and I always get the years mixed up. Was it well, he's had the place. He's had the place for almost 10 years, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was all planted in Chardonnay. He has 12 acres out there, and he tore it all out, and then brought Wait, in... because... Uh, you know, I, he didn't really say why. He, the the he? Chardonnay, client were, were, they were on the decline. He brought bought the property about 10 years ago with the goal of eventually growing Pinot Noir there. It was something that he okay. liked, and, and he had he had another. It was um, Jack G. He mentions his vineyard oh, a lot. Right. As Paul kind of, G. Paul, Paul G., G., excuse me. Yeah. As his kind of inspiration and, and wanting to also grow Pinot. Mm-hmm. And he had tasted through some Carneros Pinots and, and really wanted to have a world-class Pinot Noir vineyard in Carneros. Okay. So he brought in a soil scientist. I don't remember which one it was. Was it, it was also Paul, Paul Anamosa? Paul Anamosa. Yeah, he came in and and you know they fixed the dirt to get it to where it was good for Pinot and planted it all the Pinot. Well, how do you fix dirt? Well, I, I don't know. I was going to kick Anamosa it over here. came in <laughs> and you did his dirt? testing. And the goal is to change the dirt into soil. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so uh, we're talking know. about some regenerative. Techniques. Yeah, it probably you know. They probably ripped it yep. really well. Uh, you know, pulled the vines out, ripped it really well. Um, you can, you know, those soils out there probably need some phosphate, some calcium added to the soil. So, you know, when you're ripping, you, you mix in a bunch of that soil amendments to get it down, you know, get it down deep, some some crushed rock. Um, and it's kind of, and then... Because it's a lot of clay, yeah, exactly. You want to you want to break that clay up, you know that Carneros, you know Leveroni Road clay, um, and add more, um, you know you want to add some some organic matter, you know. Hopefully they added some compost, um, and and then then you know you really don't stop doing that. You're gonna keep you're gonna keep doing keep that. Keep it going, right? And, and especially if you're driving tractors out there, it's like gonna get hmm. compacted pretty hard again. Um, so you got to keep it keep the soil alive you know if it is dirt turn it into soil i mean uh, you know yeah um, so then they planted in 17 2017 they planted and we were the first ones to harvest out of there last august and that's what that's what this is and how did that come about how did you become the first people to harvest out of there uh this is another jc story yeah so So i was i was taking a a, an ology 
course, um, and <laughs> Ming was in our class with us. Oh, wow. So he had approached me. This was actually, it was a spring 2020 class. So we had three classes together before we went fully remote. So I, you know, I, I know him as a one inch by one inch screen here for about, for about three months. Wow. Uh, but no, he reached out to Kevin C., who runs the Enology and Viticulture Wine Studies program up at the JC, and said, hey, you know, if you know any kind of newer winemakers that have an open mind that would be willing to take some fruit, I'd love to kind of partner with somebody who's like-minded. And yeah, we went out there, checked out the vineyard, and really connected with him as a person, yeah. and, and loved the vineyard and the location, um, and we're excited to, to grab some fruit and make some rosé. I gotta say, I sort of love the JC is the sort of networking uh, vehicle for all of this. You know, we don't, we, I don't know if we've ever really talked about it on the show. Just like how Tim Wallace. Was oh, that's right. Tim, show. Tim Wallace yeah, talked about it. That's but, right. But, 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 but was, no, but that's yeah. no mistake. It's no mistake. The so JC is, yeah. Santa Rosa junior college, you know, mad shout outs and props to huge. those guys. It's, it's yeah. huge as far as, you know, obviously, you know, the, the wine industry in Sonoma County. It's also just a great, junior college in general you know, we, as as high school students in the cinema we always joked about it and called it the Oxford of community colleges right I mean right. it's like you go there and, and you can really have pretty amazing learning experiences and you know sometimes, I, I, sometimes you end up with a wine label out of it I, right. I mean I kind of I love that I love that piece of this whole thing I, I mean I, that's that's where they sent me when I started because I knew nothing about making wine it took classes at JC Rich Thomas shout out to yep. Rich Thomas mm-hmm. like one of the great instructors and also responsible for you know a lot of what we now look at is not great um trellising um systems here but you know because he was dr richard smart sonoma sprawl right um dr richard smart um came from australia and you know they it was all about how they were doing it there and um you know quadrilateral cordones and geneva double curtains and all things that you know aren't necessarily associated with high quality winemaking more production driven Um, but we used to get you have beautiful fruit at eight tons of the acre sauvignon blanc you know Um, uh, so it's it it works Um, i think it's just changed a lot but anyway the the jc was an amazing place for networking it it has been so and i've been super impressed with just the the different backgrounds of all the people that have come into the jc i mean you in any given class it's it's students who are trying to figure out what they want to do it's it's people who are retired that are interested in keeping their home vineyard it's people like us that are interested in seeing where Mm -hmm. this kind of path takes us right i mean if you go through and look at you know people in the wine business that you know from my era call it mid 80s through i mean there's tons of people have been through those programs and um you know successful winemakers that have taught classes there over the years and stuff it's it's it it deserves a lot more than it probably gets well so yeah. I got a question about when you're doing garage wine. Is, is fantastic. By yeah, the way. it's Thank really you. good. Thank you. Um, I mean, you're making a ton of wine that you're not really legally able right. to sell. So what are we what, doing what with What are you it? doing with all that juice? Drinking it. Drinking some of it. We I might mean, not look like it, but we, we take a good amount down. I mean, I know what Cam <laughs> does. Cam does some, you know. There's a lot of people he works with and friends and family and everyone's drinking good wine, but... But when you're talking about like 100 cases, 150 cases, I mean, that's a lot of wine. Yeah. 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 I mean, our community has definitely grown through the the opening of Drive and having a professional label. And, uh, you know, we're allowed to give this out to friends and family. So people that kind of come into our fold, we definitely share these wines with them. And, right. you know, it's kind of a fun thing to talk about. We, we just share it with as many people as we can. And we enjoy you, it ourselves. Yeah. I, I mean, as I remember when I got my license, 
there was something that we got from it was either TTB or ABC where you had to sign the affidavit saying I will not make homemade wine anymore. Do you guys remember that? No. No. I mean, An answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that was talking about. That, that that was part of it. Like once you're licensed, and, um, yeah, you're not supposed to make and and none of these are. These are all right. professionally made right. wines. But the, at Why that would time. That be, well, because if you're making homemade wine in your garage, I think, there's gonna be a- I think we've made it very clear that the homemade wine we're making is not in our garage. Correct. So we're good. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but but no, yeah. I, I we didn't we didn't see anything like that. But yeah. I can understand. I think it's about taxes. I think oh, it's, it's all yeah, about yeah, it's, yeah. About, it's yeah. about like at if, the end of the day. Right. Yeah. If, if you didn't, if you can like hide some wine that you make in the or and I think they're also probably worried the other way around, right? That wine that's made. In a non-bonded facility, would end up for sale out of a bonded facility. Sold for cash, right? For right. Well, it's, I think it's more about <laughs> it's more about reporting and that the, you make 100 cases and then you sell 125 cases, right? And, right. And that's what it is. And and there's nothing. We're not hiding anything here. We're yep. just talking about what it what happens when you go from being a home winemaker to a to a professional winemaker. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it's something that we're still kind of figuring out how to tell that story. I mean, from the home winemaking aspect, we're really able to use that as an incubation center. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. messing around with Carbonic. We can bring in different varietals into the garage and play around with things. And, you know, for us to still have that avenue and and to be able to still connect with with people like Pete who own the place, it's, it's a cool thing for us. But differentiating that and then the wines that we're making professionally, we'll taste through the Zin and, and our Syrah and the Rosé as well. Um, we're, we're still working on how to tell that story. But yeah, everything we taste today is, is on the on the professional side and can be found on our website and, and all that good stuff. So. Okay. Taxes and are paid. Mention, mention the website. Paid. Labels so are approved, maybe. people are listening, they can be checking out the website. Right on, yeah. So our, our website is, is pretty simple. It's drive, D-R-I-V-E, wines.com. Nice. Yeah, like like everything in this business, we, we built it ourselves and... and figured out how to web design. And no so problems with fun. TTB as far as calling it drive and nope, I, I know not at all. Synchronon the fingers the fingers were all crossed yeah. when that was all going through, but I think once we got one cola we're in we're in good shape now. So they're just weird about and you know, we've had this conversation. They're weird about drinking and driving. I remember a synchronon yeah. label that had like Dennis Hopper driving a truck that got refused because they thought it correlated <laughs> drinking and driving or something. I, I mean I think yeah. twenty I think 20 years ago, I think things have opened up quite a bit. You know, 20, 30 years ago have been different. That's why. Well, first, and I mean, honestly, and we've talked about this before on this, I've talked, the TTB, as far as label approval and just their sort of level of... of, uh, Consistency? (laughs) It it got a lot looser under the, the last administration. Uh, you know, the, t- the all of a sudden label were you know, being approved much faster. And I think that they just said, go, you know, the Trump's own winery, they know what it's like to get labels approved. They just, I think they went in there and said, stop looking so freaking closely and start stamping things. Because Sam, just quickly, Sam Katuri giving a shout out to Donald Trump for his my, efficiency. My, in in one department <laughs> that personally benefited me. Yes, that's the part that I like. Absolutely. Trump in twenty twenty four to sell more wine. Yeah. I always remember at the at the nineteen Harvest Festival, remember that? We were we were poor in there and everything was in alphabetical order, you know, all the winners in alphabetical order. So the guy next to us was D R N K. And then oh, there yeah. was us. 
drink drive and all day oh, long perfect. we had to hear that all day long oh drink drive <laughs> drink oh drive. Yeah. oh boy wow. are we doing that today yeah, yeah you know Pro- probably yeah. <laughs> probably yeah all right so what's the motivation then when you guys are making wine out of the garage but then you want to go pro i guess you call it is it is it then to make a career out of it and actually support yourself or are you thinking that it would be fun did anyone tell you how hard it is to sell wine did and we figured that one out along the way okay yeah. <laughs> we learned pretty quickly and you know we had our expectations there i'm fortunate where i do work in the industry and work on the direct-to-consumer sales and marketing side so i kind of knew a little bit of what we were getting ourselves into but it's one of those things that like you can you can only be so prepared and it was something we wanted to do and and personally i wanted to do since i moved out here so at some point you just got to rip that band-aid off and, and give it a shot so yeah so is there was there a business plan written up? Yeah. Can Whoa. you can can you share it with me? <laughs> that, what's that just, look like? Yeah. I can just put my <laughs> name in and <laughs> right. Yeah. That's awesome, you guys. Congratulations for doing that. Yeah, that same look that you just gave us. Be, being a podcast, no one can see that. But there's that look of surprise that we've gotten from people every time. So uh, you guys should do a business plan. And we're like, oh no, we we have one because yeah. we started this four years ago, and it's just like. Kind of dumbfounding. Got a plan? <laughs> Get a, Given it's changed a, a thousand business times, plan. How about just a plan, period? <laughs> wow. Tell me about that. <laughs> okay, so then ultimate goal going forward is to, to make wine and be able to support yourself with, with that business, I would assume. Yeah. Sorry, we're talking. What are we going to taste next? Right. We have empty glasses. <laughs> so that is the ultimate goal. Okay. And we're, we're, we're striving. We're getting there. Again, it's just the two of us. So, you know, it's a lot of work, but. Well, that's lower overhead, just... though. So, that's, yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a bonus. Yeah, you realize really quickly how, uh, how finite time is. Yeah. But. So, what are we pouring right now? So, this is our 2017 Puccioni Ranch Zinfandel. This is actually the first wine that we made, that we made professionally. Yeah. So, Puccioni Ranch is out in Dry Creek Valley. It's, it's off Mill Creek Road, kind of further west a little closer to the coast, um, planted in 1904. Uh, I think about a third of the fruit in this bottling was from the old original plantings in 1904. The, the rest is, block, uh, yep. is hillsides, uh, planted in the early 70s. But it's, uh, it's part of the Historic Vineyard Society's yeah. uh, vineyards. It's a, it's a really cool spot. It's been farmed by Glenn Proctor and his family for, for four generations now. And yeah, it's a, it's a really cool site. Bart, I think you've been out there, right? Um, I, I have been out there um, once when I was with Benziger. Um, we drove by and looked at it. Um, you know, Glenn worked for the Benzigers during the Glen Ellen days. And um, shout out to, to Glenn. Um, he works for Ciotti Wine um, Brokerage at this point. I've talked to, about having a, talked to him about being on the show, and we haven't quite got it together. He has some amazing insights. There's a lot to learn there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the family ranch is a, definitely a passion for him. And um, we made the wines. When I was at Benziger, we made the wines for him every year for um, uh, for Puccioni. Um, yeah, all, all, all great vineyard. Great vineyard. You guys are fortunate to... You're fortunate to pay him to buy the grapes from him to make wine out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll never forget stepping foot on that. I mean, you, you go out to these vineyards and it's like a spiritual thing, but especially something like that, that you grow down all these long winding roads and past all the bikers. And we stepped in there and realized maybe this is, this is a good place. To well, start. And the other thing is it's not like you're just driving down the road and right. there the vineyard stands. I mean, it's kind of up there by itself. Yeah. Um, it's not surrounded by other people's vineyards. It's surrounded by forest on most sides, isn't it? Yeah. Burned so burned out forest now. 
Oh, it was oh, right, it, it right it was. in the heart of the Wallbridge okay. fire. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Glenn's great uncle um, built an emergency route because there's only one way in and out. Right. So they had built these fire escape routes that helped to act as a fire break to protect the vineyard and protect the home sites and really no structural damage in there. So it was kind of incredible to hear that, you know, this has been in his family. They, they built these things that have kind of helped them out. But um, just thought it would be cool to start you guys off with, with the first wine that we, that we made. And we, it's a nice one, too. We yeah, did, we really we did get lucky with this one, too, flavor. right? We did, yeah, we did well. That was the, our first wine that we made, and then we put it in the North Coast, uh, the Press Democrat North Coast Wine Competition in 19, I think it was... 20. Was it 20? It was either 19 yeah, or right, 20. Sorry, you know, and I got, what the heck, we'll just put it in there and see what happens. We got a double gold medal. Nice. So that What's kind so of pushed us to, okay, all right, we're doing okay here. Let's, let's keep moving forward here. What's the soil like there? I don't have my notes on that. That's but, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the hillside stuff especially is, is well-drained. So you get really good concentration and tannin in the hillside mm-hmm. stuff. And then the old block is a, it is field blend. So it's 90 to 95% Zin, but there's some Carignan and Petit and Alicante. And Palomino. We'll taste through the 18 that we brought some Palomino in with that as well. So kind of a, a fun a fun uh, blend there. And, and I think that, that field blend aspect is, is super cool. I like that to a lot of people. Seriously. It just makes it that much better in their minds. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's great spice on this one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, this is like, there's this sort of gamey note that I keep, it keeps kind of like coming and going, um, which I, I, I love that. And I'm guessing it's probably f- because of the field blend a little bit, kind of brings a little more of that meatiness to the, to the Zin, but it's got this great, it's got the spice. It's got the, you know, Russian river Zinfandel, you know that that uh, blackberry aromatic. It just it's beautiful. Yeah. And but not and nice light color. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not over. It's not over the top. Right. That's exactly. Especially it. it's not for over the top. seventeen. And and not you know ask when you picked it. Not because of fire. Sure. Like, there's no. It's totally clean. But you know seventeen was so hot. At, yeah. It was Labor day. And then and then cooled down. Right. Mm-hmm. It was the rest of that yep. month of September was pretty cool. Things did bounce back, so so Glenn was able to give it a little bit of water during that heat stretch, and things kind of bounced back. We picked mid-September, so I, I'm not sure if it was 14, 15, 16, somewhere in there, but but things slightly bounced back, and, and we were, I mean, this is a transparent show. We did put a little bit of a water ad in there because we needed to in Zinfandel. It's Zinfandel California. in California. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's where we were able to come out, and I think 15.5, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's what, yeah. It, that's what it says. I mean, I, the Are other you thing... suggesting that sometimes what it says on the label isn't what the uh, the alcohol is? It's on not it? at all what I was <laughs> suggesting. Why would you bring it up? <laughs> what plans uh, for uh, water conservation are up in your area right now? I mean, have you, have you been handed any edicts uh, on how to go through the summer yet i know the town of healdsburg is on is 40 percent yeah they have to cut 40 percent that was just that just came out yesterday that's the only one that i've heard yeah i mean remember what david ramey said um you know right now it's a matter of you're above the confluence of dry creek to the russian river or not like what your wells are actually like like everybody above where dry creek comes in is is suffering for lack of water and down below it's still pretty rich at this point but you know lake sonoma's oh man it's yeah. down 60 percent yeah so it's, i mean it's yeah, scary actually yeah and it I is know of um some farmers vegetables not not grapes but n- above that confluence yeah uh, probably getting their water from the russian river i'm not i'm not exactly sure but they've been told uh that as of july they get no more water right so whoa yeah. 
So Sam, you could probably speak to this, but I, I assume some of these old vine vineyards that have super deep roots, they're going to be a little bit better shape this year. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's why you plant on the Russian River Valley floor out there, you know, dry farmed vineyards. That's how those vineyards survived yep. 117 years or whatever is because there's, you know, you, the water table is pretty low. You can tap in, you know, old, those. I mean, I imagine even with those old vines, they probably water them, but they probably don't have to that much maybe this year it'll be different but you know in a normal in a normal vineyard you know rainy season i imagine they don't have to water those vines at all you know and what do you guys what is this available this wine currently so we're down to our last case or two of the yeah, 17 we sample. we thought well, it'd be 217 cases yeah we got we got like four cases left okay That's, okay so yeah thank you and if there are listeners out there that want to get a bottle or three Absolutely. of this and it's available yeah so you sure. can reach out to us directly we we took it down off the website reach out to us directly tom or john at drivewines.com or you can hit us up at info at drivewines.com and, and how much are they going to pay for this wine uh so the retail on the that's a 32 i think yeah 32 okay. sorry okay well worth it yeah yeah, unfortunately, last year we weren't able to take any fruit from there, but we have every every year, 17, 18, did 19. They, did they pick anything from there last year? No, no nothing no, at all. I wouldn't think so. Uh-uh. But we're we're lined up for this year, so. Can we knock on wood here, John? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hear that. Can't, that you can't hear? <laughs> Jesus Christ. God, damn it, man. We just lost half our listeners on the top 1.5% podcast globally. I don't know what that means, but it, it sounded, it looked impressive with that that screenshot that the Podfather sent us last night. I think he just tries to string us along through <laughs> the years. Keep here. us, keep us going. Keep us going. Keep us going for free. Don't give him any money. Just, just keep telling them they're doing a great you're, job. You're the greatest. You're the top one and a half percent of podcasts ever. You won the Smorgie Borgie Award <laughs> uh, for best wine podcasts uh, with between seventeen thousand and eighteen five listeners. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Thanks, Ed. Do we, do we get a trophy? Yes, we'll go another week. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get a trophy, Sam. You get a T-shirt. A t- That's it, man. All right. But but Ed, thank you. We appreciate you. And for, and really, we we should pause to give proper credit uh, to the listeners. Um, this was a, a there's a I guess a tracking service that following a couple million podcasts all over the world, and because of the. Our listeners, uh, we show up in the top one and a half percent of this of this metric, uh, and it, it's not us; it's it's the people at home listening. So, right. credit to where credit is due for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll get the drive. You'll get the winemakers podcast bump out of this for sure. Top one and a half percent. Somebody will. Somebody will <laughs> buy some wine. Oh well, this seventeen's in is gone. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. By Saturday. Last case? Yeah, it's it's gone. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so should we move on to the eighteen? Yeah, let's do it. And um, other than same vineyard source. We did pull a little bit more fruit from the old block on this, so we're about a fifty fifty uh, blend between that hillside block and the old block um all co-fermented the 17s in well, we blended we to the this is all a co-ferment on the 18s in um and sam you asked about pick timing so we did pick a little bit earlier on this one so you'll get a little okay. bit more bright red fruit um you know a little bit lower alcohol a little bit higher acid but once well, i mean in 18 you know it took everything was was later for uh, at least for us um 
in, in Sonoma Valley. Uh, it took a lot, you know, there was more fruit and and longer to get ripe in 18, so. Well, and so this. much perfect weather mm-hmm. also, right? right? Well, there was there was no, you know, in 17, that, that heat wave over Labor Day weekend, which we're going to, like, see those temperatures again this week, um, that heat wave over, over Labor Day weekend really sort of forced a lot of hands as far as winemaking goes in 18. <clears throat> You kind of could do whatever you wanted because there was no there was no major weather events that kind of like you know made you go one way or the other. No, um, you could kind of just do what you wanted to do. The vineyard was going to be happy either way. And I remember those discussions about getting labor in and getting the pick happening, and everybody wanted to pick right around the same time. It was right. pretty. In, it was in, pretty seven, in seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. those first like that. Well, the week leading into that heat wave, and then the two weeks coming out of that. Um, and you know, this probably uh, old vines, Russian River S'mores. was probably at at its probably couldn't have gone much further. Dry, dry Creek, dry, uh, dry Creek. Um, I but but um, you know, in eight, yeah. in seventeen, because of that cold weather afterward, like our we had Grenache that actually like mm. you know we, we watered a little bit, but sugar levels dropped, and you know you were able to wait, and then of course we waited too long, and then the fire hit. <laughs> so you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, that's it. Ever since we started this thing four years ago, it's been one thing every year. Yeah, we every keep, year. You know, now, putting the pandemic on top of this, we're, we're, we're pretty inspired. We think if we've made it through these four years. And, and, and work. This, you could do anything. We're good. Yeah, although I'm thinking maybe it's your fault. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you guys go back to the garage. For I've seen those TTP reports. We're not the only label that, uh, that launched in 2017. So. Um, you know, uh, this definitely has more of the field blend like characteristic in, in the aromas. I mean, really beautiful. A little bit of you know meatiness. Mm-hmm. Not, not 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 quite as pure as the other one. But there's a, a vineyard signature yeah. between the two of them that really is like comes through. Yeah, uh, which is yeah what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's that, it's that baking spice kind of character that really yeah. comes through. It comes yeah. through more on the back end for me on, mm-hmm. on the 18, but... And what is... What, so, like, do you guys have a philosophy of your winemaking? Like, do you want to make wines that are... You know, some people are like, oh, we want to make wines that are lower in alcohol. Some people, are, we want to make wines that minimal intervention, where we... You know, like, what's your basic philosophy of winemaking? Yeah, I mean, I... And I'll let, I mean, Tom and I kind of talk about this stuff constantly, but I think it's a little bit of both of those things are are inspirations for us. I mean, food is a huge component. So having acid to back up food and pair with food, I think is is critical for us. Um, And yeah, taking a minimal minimal intervention approach to things, like there's a reason we like working with a vineyard that's 120 years old. We, We like the way things have always been done. There's a reason... That's about as primitive as it gets in the garage where we're making our wines, too. So, you know, to have a, a strict philosophy, we've been doing this four years. 20 more years than maybe I'll have one. But those are definitely <laughs> yeah, inspirations for us. We're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the I, idea of jumping in day four one. Times, and, right? Right. That's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, and then so along Brian's question, I mean, this is a full percentage less in alcohol. Mm-hmm. Was that a conscious thing or was that just what the vintage gave you? A little bit of both. I mean, it's definitely the direction that we want to go, and we, we like what we've gotten off this vineyard in 18. Um, we had that heat to battle in 17. So it was the first year we were doing it. We're figuring it out, and uh, it, it you know it's a full-bodied, not full-bodied, but it's a, a very varietal, very fruit-forward Zinfandel, that 17. So um, love both the wines, but I think the, the year kind of drove the decisions that we had to make. Yeah, I think very, that... Very different. I don't know if yeah. this you found this part. I think that our 
ABVs were all like a percentage less in 18 than they were in, in 17. Yeah. And uh, just, and it's, you know, we we're definitely not picking for that. Right. It's just that's you know, and that, I'm talking about Grenache that we picked in November that was still a percentage lower than the Grenache that was in you know we picked in September in, in 17. And I just again, there was a, a vintage that you could let things hang and not worry about that, or you could pick it when you you could pick it when you wanted to and, and make the wine that you wanted to out of it. So. Yeah, with us being as small as we are, we're really at the liberty of Glenn and when he wanted to pick the fruit. Because we were, what did we take, four tons that year in 17? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like we can say, all right, we want to pick it this time. It didn't work that way. It's a lot of moving parts. You know, yeah. it's, it's us and a handful of other small growers, and, and everybody's got their style. But, you know, it's, it's a balancing act. With some of these vineyards, we're able to drive that pick decision. And some of them, it's we've got to talk to three or four other people the weeks leading up and, and figure something out. But, um I think for the most part, the different vineyards we work with, uh, the different the different winemakers are kind of all on the same page, which is super helpful. Um, oak regimes on those Zins? Yeah, so the 17 was, it was a, they're both about nine or 10 barrel lots. I'm forgetting one is nine, one is 10. Uh, the 17 was two new French oak barrels. The rest were neutral. The 18 was one American, one French oak. So they think the American oak comes up a little bit in the 18, especially aromatically. Um, but kind of fun to have that differentiator. And, and, you know, we talk about being in school. We talk about, you know, the things that we're doing at the, at the garage, tinkering, experimenting, mm-hmm. trying different things. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're about right now. It might, you know, we'll, we'll hit our stride at some point, but right now we're trying different things out. And as a result, you get two different, unique, interesting, fun wines. So, Yeah, when I could buy barrels with other people's money, um, I always loved, um, I always loved American Oak and Zinfandel. You know, I mean, it, it was usually it's, pretty. It's classical. It's classical, yeah, yeah. yeah. and and um, and impactful. You know, you you get you get good quality um, for your money, um, and especially because they've gotten you know much closer than than French. You know, in quality and stuff. And yeah, I but think... there's always that characteristic that you is why you embrace American Oak. Um, so. I mean, I think the, the Coopers have had an incredible evolution. The stories you hear of American oak in the, in the 60s and 70s are so much different than what you hear today. Where, so. where you drained the whiskey out of the bottom of them, um, you know, before you put wine in. Or not. <laughs> or not, <laughs> or that's not. correct. <laughs> low alcohols. What low alcohols? All right, and I see, so we had a Pinot Noir Rosé, and then we've got... Zinfandel. I know there's a Syrah on the table, but what are your um, passions going forward? Like, is there something that you really want to make that you haven't had the opportunity to? Yeah, I mean, having for me personally, having spent some time in, in Italy, and, and that's where I really figured out I wanted to do the wine thing. Um, Sangio, Barbera, Nebbiolo kind of jump out as something I'd love to, to find and, and work with at some point. You look ready to pitch something to me. No, nah, I was going to say, if you find the good Nebbiolo in California, let me know. We'll get some, too. Yeah, we were, we were <laughs> chatting with uh, someone who grows down in, in Carneros, who's kind of played around with different clonal variations and grew Nebbiolo in, I think it was in the 90s. And he was, he was pretty uh, suggestive that Nebbiolo and Carneros could do fairly well. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. We've, had, I mean, we've planted it. It's been a long time. But there, we tried some uh, in like the Lovell Valley Loop area. And it just wasn't. Where is that? Uh, so, you know, Lovell Valley is, is, is actually you cross over into the Napa County 
uh, end of Sonoma, you know, south end of southeast Sonoma. What would yes. you call that? Southeast Sonoma, um, up like behind Buena Vista, behind, behind Gunlock Bun, behind Bunchu, Gun Bun and, behind Gun okay. Bun. Yeah. Um, there's a pocket valley up there. Um, it's about uh, 600 foot of elevation up there. Um, but yeah, most of it's in Napa. Okay. Napa, it's considered Napa Valley. Okay. But you can't get there from Napa. You can only get there and from. If you Sonoma. grow up there, you go to school in Sonoma. Right. Unless you have a chopper. <laughs> they didn't have those when I was a kid in Sonoma. Over the hill. <laughs> but for uh, San Jovese and Barbera, who who would you say that you've tried Cal- Northern California winemakers that make them that you kind of like and go, oh man, I, I hope we can kind of work with fruit like that. <sighs> Because we talked about Barbera on the show, I know it's it's some of the winemakers we've talked to saying they just don't think that people are either growing it in the right areas or growing it properly here um, in this area. Yeah, but I mean, the, it's all for me. It's all old world influence. I'm trying to think through. I th- there's somebody that's made a Barbera that I had a few months back, and I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. um, I think Sarah's. I think Sarah's. Sarah's Ranch. Um, Sarah's grows a little Barbera. Yeah. So right off twelve. Right. I mean, like, there's a lot in Mendocino County. Didn't we have? Right. Doesn't Joel Burt get some for uh, Las Haras that is coming out of Mendo? I think. Okay. Does he bottle it as a Barbera? I don't know. No. 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 In fact, imagery does. Im- yeah, imagery has one, and for years it was from um, Harry Merlot, Lago de Merlot, um, which is up past the dam. Um, and then I think recently they get it from. Uh, from their home ra- or their ranch up on Pine Mountain, um, okay. and and that's where that is from. Um, and Harry Merlot himself did a Barbera uh, from his family's vineyard. I think you know, for my experience with it, it was always trying to make the wine something other than what it was. You know, it was too much of a California influence, like trying to blend some cab into it or trying to blend Lagrine into it and stuff, um, which, you know, kind of polluted it. Um, you know, uh, those varieties move the bar on what the wine is at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I th- Sangio, you can start to talk about a blend. I mean, then you start to talk that super Tuscan angle, and I think there's That's some people gonna here. That's going to go find our bottle, a bottle of our super Tuscan. Wait, and is there a <laughs> bottle of it around here? For sure. Let me go find one. All I don't right, actually so know where anything is without Paul or Jasmine, but let's see what happens on my own. Here, Paul's around here. He's Paul's fiddling around with the the old wine rack like an old man on the weekend, retired. Well, hey, he's having fun, man. <laughs> but along those same lines, we are hopeful um, to add a white wine to the portfolio yes. this year. Um, and we've been looking at a couple of Vermentino vineyards, and we know that there's some some mm-hmm. well-grown Vermentino out in the area, and we're we're pretty jazzed. To there's the future, sir. Yeah, Vermentino, Vermentino yep. in California. Uh, it's a little early in the game for us. I mean, we've had these conversations with growers. I don't, right. I mean. No, I mean, just it, like, like, I don't think there's a lot planted. Yeah. Um, I mean, is I know, it more, I, I know warmer? Places, we were, you know, right. that's one we've talked right. to. Um, who else did we, did we visit? I mean, we, it, we've talked about this on the show mm-hmm. before. As a small new guy, yep. sometimes you just have to wait in line until yep. you get your chance. So you start the conversations very early, but. Yeah, it's that thing. Is it a cool growing climate or is it a warm growing climate for Vermentino? Depends the style you're going after, I think. You know, I mean, you, you talk about there's uh, there's kind of that northern Italian style. There's the Sardinian, super cool, wind-blown, um, high screaming acid, which I know that there's somebody at the end of the table. I believe you're, you're, you're an acid fan. How did you hear that? I may, I may listen to the show on occasion. Um, 
but I think that's kind of the style that we enjoy. And we talked about, it's the same thing with this rosé. Like, rosé, sure, we're keeping an eye on sugar, but, but pH and TA are, have our main focus. And, and everything is kind of acid-driven with the rosé. And, and I think we would take that same approach to the white. So finding a slightly cooler climate versus that warmer climate that maybe you do some, you know, medium-bodied, you maybe put a little skin contact in or, or get some ox- oxygen in there. But, yeah, for us, that, that crisp... Um, less oxygen uh, yeah. fermented environment is kind of I like, love wines like yeah. that because it, it makes you salivate so it either makes you want another glass or it makes you want food and I'm in the I'm in the business of selling food and wine so both of those are good things yeah anytime you get people wanting more wine or, or some food so so Sam this is you guys you have talked about this on the show before but have I not, have I, I not have, opened this for you yet no well, let's, I have let's never taste through, let's taste through the rest of their lineup because I just opened this it's it's cold okay well, well, let's, we'll, we got we have a couple more bit. are we going to drink the not for sale wine that's the only one that's we'll the one that that's what I'm end. here that's what and, I, and can oh. we buy the not for sale wine <laughs> No. <laughs> wink. Be- become wink. our friend. We'll do a BOGO or something like that, right? <laughs> Just in case somebody from the ABC or TTV is listening. Exactly. It is not for sale. You cannot buy it. Wink. Double blink. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Can you do a label, right label that says not for sale? And then sell it? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> no, you probably probably not now that no, the it, Biden administration. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 so did you stumble upon this vineyard or this was a conscious uh, thing? Hey, let's make some Syrah because we really want to just beat our heads against a brick wall. Well, we both, we both do like, we don't like selling wine. So we're going to make Syrah. (laughs) I have a a (laughs) tiny little Syrah vineyard at my place. Okay. So, which probably goes to Cam. I think, I think he had Syrah in his yard, which I don't think it's there anymore. I think he tore it out. But I planted the Syrah to get in with all these guys in the neighborhood that didn't have enough grapes to fill a barrel. Right. So, so you think a 172 uh, vine vineyard is small? Mine at, ho- at home's only 65. But yeah, so I, I always love Syrah. It looks fucking beautiful it's though. Perfect. I mean, when you only have that yeah. that many vines, same you, with the one you name you name there. every vine. He's right? trimming individual <laughs> leaves off. Where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> we do we do that in Fulton too. I mean, if you drove by, you'd go wow. And Pete always says that you guys do such a great job. And I'm like, well, yeah, there's only 172 plants. <laughs> we can handle it. <laughs> That's amazing. And then for me on the Syrah, this um, is nice. I guys. was going through that that really? W set process. So one of the one of the wines that we tasted a, a few different uh, variations of was Cote Roti style Rhone, you know, Northern Rhone. Uh, so we, we want, you know, that was something that I jumped on and Tom had been growing it and I said, Hey, why don't we make a Syrah this year? And, and we jumped on it. And this vineyard is, is a pretty cool spot. It's uh, organically farmed. It's dry farmed, um, right down the street here. Um, little bit of co-ferment. So there is some Viognier in there, a little bit of whole cluster. Where, and where did you get the Viognier from? Same vineyard. So he grows, he grows. Yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. there's Pinot there also, right? Yes. Pinot, yep. Viognier, and Syrah. Yep. Very small amount of Viognier, but yeah. Um, and you are, I think, I think that my dad planted this vineyard. Does that does that seem right? Yes, it does. Yeah, and we know we know Bill well. Okay, and he's we we're ski at Squaw together, and I see him all the time. I, but I'm pretty sure before that we knew him because my dad was my dad planted that vineyard. Oh, I didn't know he planted. I know. I know. Or, that or did he farm it he for a while? It. Yeah, may have planted. It. May have planted. I, I know there was some connection there I, before I paid attention to things. 
Right, do you, do you now? Tuesday. <laughs> is, are, are you actually picking the Viognier and the Syrah same day? Mm-hmm. We yes. are. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, fortunate for us, there's about 4%, uh, 3%? It says 2 on the label, but okay. that doesn't yeah, mean anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, at that point, sure, the, the Viognier is going to be riper than the Syrah. Uh, we, we targeted a little bit of that cooler climate style to get a little bit of meatiness that comes through. Um, but the Viognier was, was well on its way. But only having 2% is not going to really affect your, your alcohol, your sugar, or your ferment. So. Right, right. great yeah it's amazing what being and Syrah I always tell people it's like a it's like a dude in leather on his Harley and he goes to pick up his girlfriend and she's a ballerina and she's wearing a little pink tutu and ballerina shoes and they're just you just don't think that those two people should be together but now there's a label they love each other (laughs) (laughs) that'll be your next one right no, 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 no. I'm not fucking with reds. <laughs> <laughs> Too much time. <laughs> Says the guy who had his Rusan in barrel for 18 yeah, months. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and at the time was very comfortable with it. <laughs> That's what happens when you get good fruit. You just... Patience. 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 Don't fuck with it. This is great. What's the response been to this wine? So Hasn't been released yet? So we're gonna release this one uh, in September. Yeah. We just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a preview for it, but Thank you. you know we're we're there. Uh, it's just kind of hard to ship during the summer, so we're uh, we're holding off during the, the summer fall. while we've got the rosé and the zin on, on the website, and we're selling those, right. um, and then we'll release this in the fall. We like to make sure the first release is always to our wine club. We have a small wine club that's you know started as friends and family and people that have really supported us from the start. So for us to be able to have them be the first ones to taste a wine is pretty cool. So can I ask you about that a little bit? Because sure. it, um, it's kind of a weird thing, right? When you, when you first make wine and you got friends and family that want to support you, but you kind of question whether they're just supporting you because they like you or they actually like the wine. And I, I only say that your wines are great. I only, I'm saying that for myself because my mother-in-law just recently purchased a case of my wine. And I, I didn't give her any discount, which I got in trouble for <laughs> from, from my wife. And because I made a conscious decision that this was a business, right? And so then my wife was like, well, what are you selling it to the Fairmont for? What are you selling it to the girl in the fig for? And what'd you sell it to my mom for? What the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I was like, hey, your mom's not pouring it by the glass. She's not getting me future customers. But you, there's always in the back of your mind that kind of like, oh, she, she loves me, so she wants to buy the wine. And it's kind of a weird thing when people tell you they like your wine. You kind of go, she oh, loved, thank you. Yeah. Loved you yeah. until but you sold but your you kind of feel like, price. do they, are they just trying to be nice do to I me? Or yeah. right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 that's a it, tough one. It's important to remember that half of these folks, you know, they're the ones that told you, "Hey, you guys should you guys should think about doing this professionally." So now we're uh, giving them a chance to put their money where their mouth was, right? Yeah. Okay. They were tasting our home <laughs> so, wines. A lot of you're them. You're providing them an opportunity. Yeah. So you don't okay. trust the first sale, but when your mother-in-law asks for the second case, then you'll know if she really likes it. Right. And you second case half off. <laughs> right. Um, if you guys have an extra bottle of this, you should leave it for Jasmine, FYI. Will do. Oh. She happens to yes. be the wine buyer for the girl in the fig. This would be great. The Syrah we brought, we brought. Mm-hmm. Then we bring extra oh, yeah. bottles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, starting, you know, starting a brand like we have from scratch and, and not having a salesperson, our cars are always loaded with wine. So. Yeah. And how does that go? Because you mentioned that you have a job where you're doing DTC wine sales. Mm-hmm. So can you mention the, the name of the... I mean, I don't have to mention it because I think every other guest that you've had on this show has, has mentioned them, but we'll... It's, uh, it's kind of a big deal. 
kind of like when is you get an... to the top of the mountain, you're on, yeah. and then like there's the the top of the mountain is the blank, and then it's the, the not the peak, but maybe oh, kind of okay. rhyme spelled uh... similarly sounds kind of like bridge. Oh, interesting. Okay, <laughs> so that's why he knows so much about the Pino that I had posted. <laughs> okay. But I mean, so I, and I think this is what you were getting at. Like, you know, I do feel fortunate that I am in a position like that because I'm able to learn from from what For I'm sure. doing there and, yeah, and applied yeah. here. And I think, you know, that's the next wave. I mean, we all saw it during the last 16 months. Those those folks that either were well positioned there or those that that shifted gears and were able to kind of get their their out. website or their econ piece up and running. They're in yeah. they're in good shape. So you know, I mean, um, we're going through a shift, and I think that shift is here. You know, I don't think yeah. you know even with restaurants opening back up. I think with tourism opening back up. People are comfortable buying online now. They said it was 10 years worth of penetration in, in a year. So you got 10 years worth of new online customers in, in just a year. Yeah. So. Wow, 10 years of penetration in a year. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the second I started saying it, I knew I should stop. But it's, I've heard the podcast. You guys get off the rails a little bit, so it's all good. No. <laughs> I mean, you have, to, you have to have rails to get off, John. <laughs> Brian actually had the day off yesterday too, so that was like that was a fresh Brian. Think about if he was yeah, tired. Right. Thank God. <laughs> oh, that's really pretty. Yeah, that's a beautiful wine. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I mean, I almost want more Viognier characteristic to come through. That's, I mean, but you got what you got, right? Right. Because um, it's there and it, it's fleeting, and it might actually, you know. As it kind of settles out a little bit, it might start to show a little bit. And that was but, part of our thinking yeah. and, and holding off to release it. So we we bottled this in January, and I I personally like Syrahs with a little bit of bottle age. But yeah. in a perfect world, if this wasn't a business and we right. didn't have to sell things, wait a year, two three years, I yeah. might you know. So did you try more? It's only two percent. Did you try it three and four and back it off? That's that's all it was. So that's where we're, that's our starting point. That's all that was left in the vineyard at that point. And um, yeah. yeah, and we're going out there again this year. So yeah. you know we may adjust a little bit. Yeah, I like the character and the idea of bringing in from the same vineyard. That idea yeah. of bringing in more Viognier from outside. Now you start to bring in different vineyard character. Yeah, and, no, no, no. And yeah. and aromatically, it's it's all there. Yeah, no, it's I'm, yeah. it's not. It wasn't. I'm not saying that as all as a criticism. I just I love. I love the effect that VNA sure. has on Syrah and want more of it. I want more cowbell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Brian's happy. He hasn't, he's not spitting. <laughs> Day off today also. Oh, no. No, no today's, right. yeah. today's his Monday. That's today's why he's Monday. drinking before he goes to right. work. <laughs> I'm sure the Fairmont will be rocking and rolling this week. Oh, man. Everything else is. Everything will be, yeah. Oh. My wife went to Chicago on business last week, and I was going to go, and then I could not get Cubs tickets, and it ended up being so Cubs Cardinals, thirty-eight thousand standing room only, no cabs running in the entire city, and everybody on that damn train going up there. And it, I, from what I hear, it was quite a mess. So I'm, I'm very happy I did not make that. Yeah, they but. grew, uh, they grew one hell of a of a beer snake. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, whole, I saw that. The whole outfield yeah, creatures. Yeah. 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 Evidently, they didn't have people uh, to sell beer. So, you know, you had to go to the stands and get it yourself. So they tossed open the back doors, and it all came in from Murphy's Bleacher Bar behind. And they, oh were, they, they were tossing beers to people in the bleachers. Everybody was blasted, and it was super hot. And, yeah, so it's a typical day at Cubs Park, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's anxious to get back, John. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Fuck all. Let the numbers spike a little right. bit. There's got to be a, you know, 
There's a give and take. So, yeah, that's what it'll be like at the Fairmont this weekend. <laughs> today's 90, the big day where everything degrees. changed, right? Yeah, and I'm anxious yeah. to see what that looks like. I'm, I'm going to go to work today and see what exactly that means. I have a feeling we're all employees are all still wearing masks, which I was talking to Sam earlier. We just find it so funny that we've all been vaccinated. We've all been vaccinated for three months now or something, all the employees. Uh, yeah. Right. And then we got people coming in from all over that just are not wearing masks anymore. So it's kind of a weird thing. But um, you you talked to some lady from Texas and asked her to wear a mask, and she told you to blow it off. I just it. politely, as she was walking <laughs> through the lobby, said, do you have a mask? And she said, I'm from Texas. And I said, welcome to Sonoma. And she said, yeah, unfortunately. So I wanted to tell her to go drink your shitty Texas wine. Sorry, Texas. You have great wine in Texas. Well, if it comes from Randy Hester, okay. Right. (laughs) She wasn't drinking the good Texas wine. Let's just put it that way. They were not drinking Texas wine. They were drinking our California wine. So have a little respect. (laughs) But that's been the attitude lately. As soon as as soon as CDC came out that day and you know told people to take their masks off, it's been it's a full time job telling people to put on masks, and so you pretty much give up because otherwise. You're not doing it, or you're the asshole on property that's going around telling everyone to do it. So, so um, how's this heat spike over the next few days affecting you guys, everything in the field, Sam, and you guys also? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, my, my understanding is... Stay hydrated. At, yeah, we're looking at 36 hours here, and, and it's going to cool back down after that. I know the, yeah. the 10 and 14-day forecasts look pretty good here. So, I mean, I think as long as the vineyard's in, in decent shape at this point, I mean, I'll let Sam kind of... Yeah, I mean, you know, it is... It's going to be hot, but it, it's it's the summer solstice. I mean, this is the long... We're going into the longest days of the year. Um, is it the 21st? It, 21st. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's not... It's not like totally out of the ordinary i mean i think what they're talking about like 125 degrees in nevada and it, it's definitely this is a big heat wave but yeah i think john it's it's wednesday thursday it'll cool back down you know Just good, you, growing. good good growing if you can if you got water use it mm-hmm. um you know the it's it's not a huge hugely vigorous year in the vineyards anyway right now well and it's kind of been cool and it's been uh, cool yeah, really, it has been to this yep. point so the so the thing about that means that there aren't huge canopies that are going to respirate and lose a whole bunch of water right so it, it you know if you're going to have it a heat spike like this let's have it now and and then let it be mellow for the rest of the summer hopefully hopefully yeah. not can we hear that john okay um and, and you know kind of ride it out so you know drink some water we'll, we'll be quitting work in the vineyards at 11 you know work from 6 to 11 and then send everybody home and and then wait for the fog to come back right yeah that's 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 the best you can do you know water your garden pull out your lawn and we'll all be fine yeah, is anyone doing that <clears throat> around here i know in runner park we're not watering and so everyone's, uh, we're in the same boat. We're getting rid of our grass. We're, it's, it's basically brown right now in the front and the back. I don't know if everyone's doing that around here too. Or I think we're giving up Fieldsburg on... Fieldsburg did just put in a, a like no lawn Good. ordinance. Good. And I, yeah. I've tried for two months to get a landscaper to our house to plant some um, indigenous plants and mm-hmm. rip the grass out and... Uh, I can't get anyone yeah. to return Oh, we've got nothing but mulch, house. man. Same guy. Yards yeah, are for the Midwest. To, to yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, if you live in Iowa or Illinois, you can have a yard because they still get thunderstorms and shit. Well, yeah, I mean, lawns are meant for people where it rains all year round. Absolutely. Um, Not that's why here. we're agaves and cactus at our house. 
Hey, and it, it it actually looks better when you don't. I mean, take it take it out, get rid of it. Uh, I see apartment complexes watering their freaking lawns around here, and I go nuts. I mean, I just it's ninety four the other day, and in the hottest part of the day, and they've got their sprays going, and it's hey, just like go down, go down to Palm Springs sometime <laughs> and just watch the amount of runoff. You know, uh, f- and the evaporation from well, ponds. Okay, you see that Rona Park too. You know, even the school by our house, you see the sprinklers on in the middle of the night, but but the they don't realize that the heads are broken, and so they're shooting yeah. off into the yep. into the gutter, and you're you're thinking, is there a number I should call? Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously they don't recognize. Well, but I'm trying. I'm really, really trying. Yeah, John's not the old get off my lawn. He's stop watering your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking his fist. Should we pop that prohibition uh, yeah. bottle up there? Yeah, the, oh yeah. The two illegal bottles on the table. One that you can't release, and one that I can't because it doesn't have a label on it yet. But you, let's let's go with the Zinfandel first. You know, but smell your glass um, Man, right now. Because yeah. that's Thank you. really, nice, really nice, open. Nice. Excited to release it. Wow. And it is starting to get get a little more of a like the Viennier aromatics as it opens yeah, up. I, mean, I think we, we I think you're spot on. Twenty minutes before we. Yeah, it. I think you're oh, okay. spot on to not you know to let it let it ride a little bit before you release it. I mean, you know. Yeah, I found that it's always better the second day. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the sign of good wine, right? Yeah. You can yeah, have a glass, wine, leave it on your leave it on your uh, counter, and try it the next day, and yep. you like it more. You're on yep. you're on the right track. I'm gonna let Tom talk to the uh, the 2018 Triple Oaks in a little bit and talk about the vineyard, but yeah, this this comes from our little vineyard in Fulton. This is yeah, this, this is, is this is one of this this bottle represents one of the 172 grapevines. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> See the bottles are actually numbered. Numbered okay. Yeah. How many so how many bottles did you make? 335. So it's Jeez. it's two two bottles per vine. Sounds about right. Actually, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty good numbers. I mean, that process of narrowing it in, right? It's been, it's taken a few years because you can't just cut that all off in one year. Right. So, you know, every year doing a little bit more pruning, doing a little bit. You know, I mean, you've hedged now yeah. every year. And is this all zen? Yes, all zen. Primitivo yeah. clone, as far as we know. I had somebody come out and they looked at the the cluster in the leaves, and that was their best guess. A little bit smaller clusters. Yeah. 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 Great aroma, man. Yeah. The, the the aromatics on this are really beautiful. Too bad you can't buy it. <laughs> Can you ship it, though, if you're not allowed to buy it? Let's say, like, foie gras. Let's say you bought, right. you bought a... You just, uh, beca- you just you pay for a membership and get the wine for free. Jelly, right. And you got the foie for free. <laughs> Is there a way you can just purchase a box? Ship it like olive oil kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I... Um, Strongly believe that all the rules are meant to be bent, if not broken. So, um, so yeah, I think you should ship it. Don't buy it, just ship it. Right. Just order some 2018s in, order some 2019 Syrah in the fall, and who knows what might show up in your box. Yeah, you never know, right? Right. Yeah. But Bart sent me in the comment code on your... That's <laughs> It's, it's delicious. It's pretty interesting, yeah. I mean, it's definitely that varietal correct zen. We, you know, tasting it with everything else, it's got that same kind of baking spice, uh, you know, brambly kind of note, but also for me, it has like a little bit on the veg side, which makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. It's a far cry from our uh, 
2015 Zin that we made in my garage, which we still have some of that. The well, bottom, so bottom in, of the closet. In 2018, <laughs> we decided to add a sparger. So that was, a, yeah. that was a big step in the right direction. Now something lasts more than six weeks. Right. That's nice. Yeah. Clean bottles. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's important. Yeah, I know, Bart, when we were talking on the phone, you were asking about uh, mishaps in the, in the home wine-waking realm, and we had, oh. a, we had a fun little list we put together. But um, was it the 18 Zin that we were talking about? I think it was, where it was getting a little hot during the ferment. So as a quick way to cool it down, we needed some dry ice. So Tom ran uh, up the street and went to, was it Rayleigh's? Went to Rayleigh's. All they had were the big sheets of dry ice. Right. And we're fermenting in half-ton macros. Right. He drops the full sheet into oh, the macro and yeah. everything starts bubbling up starts we got bubbling. all the five gallon drums we can we're saving three everything from hitting the floor <laughs> it was just pure chaos but it yeah. looked like a witch's cauldron bubbling with zinfandel they put it in there and all of a sudden it started and pete's going hey uh, i think we got a problem I'm like <laughs> oh no it started spilling over the sides of the macro bin it was going everywhere it was a lesson learned it yeah, was nice to get sure. that out of the way a, a, a little bit is good a lot can be a yep. disaster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we buy the pellets now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, believe we it or not, them. all you got to do you, is you drop those it. bags on the ground, and then they get into smaller pieces. So you know, but, you know. Well, you know, this is this is the junior college learning model. That's which is, right. Just go out and do it, and figure it out. Yep. You know. Yeah. I mean, that, and and frankly, if you go to some place to go to a viticulture and enology course and they have nothing but pellets to add to your fermentation you never even think about dropping and breaking up that sheet and well, putting that's it in exactly there you know? right no. and and figuring out other ways to do things and that was kind of my question to you you know i mean it's amazing what you learn about fluid dynamics when you don't have a forklift yep. to um help you with things right yeah. like siphoning and the amount of tables that we've used and step ladders that have different levels and, and how you get those things at that height like, you know, um, how many times you have to over move wines in home winemaking. That's like one of the things you really appreciate when you have a forklift and, yeah. and stuff. Or see here. a beautiful gravity fed winery well, setup. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. We're not there yet. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. So this is our 18. We our 19 is still in barrel over there. We get two barrels of the 19 and one barrel of the 20. Try to hit it all at the same so, the same day. Right. Yeah, yeah. We, we can just, only we just make so a party out of in, it, right? <laughs> Invite yeah. a bunch of people, Bottling and everyone comes over, and we barbecue, and it, yeah, yeah, it makes for a fun day. The labels look so much worse as the day goes on, though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Start straight, end up uh-huh. a little crooked and a little torn by the end of the day. Especially because I'm the one running the siphon, so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're supposed to spit that out, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um. When we were making homemade wine, I gave my father-in-law uh, the job of the siphon. And I said, you know, once you get it started, if you do it right, you don't ever have to start it again. And he just never could get it. He could <laughs> never keep it going, so he kept starting the siphon. Sounds like it was by design. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, but about halfway through the first barrel, he was just like, I got to do a different job. <laughs> Right. Should, we, should we have a little um, Super Tuscan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a project you've been talking about for, I think, like a year or something on the podcast. Uh, yeah, this, well, this is this is the 19. We bottled it uh, in January, I think. And and why? Like, why did you guys want to do a Super Tuscan kind of style? Uh, well, <laughs> no, there's, you know. there's Sangiovese at uh, the Dos Limones Vineyard. Okay. And we have, you know, I'm, I'm splitting this with a, a 
customer who has a restaurant in New Jersey, and they wanted to make a Super Tuscan from fill-grown fruit. Huh. Um, so we had the Sangiovese. Wait, you can do that? If you, if you work at a restaurant, you can just say, hey, can you make me a wine? You've got to pay for it. Okay. Kind of like pri- private label kind of yeah. approach. Okay. Um, and so, which, because I had half of it sold, basically, I was able to tell Phil to just, we're going to take all the Sangiovese. There you go. Um, and the idea was always to, to co-ferment with something. Uh, so this is 80% Sangiovese, uh, and and uh, there's a ton of cab, so 20% Cabernet. Um, and the cab comes from a vineyard where we're not supposed to get grapes from. Um, and we literally like swapped, you know, you saw our, when our bins come in from the vineyard, there's a little piece of duct tape on it that says, you know, with the date, the vineyard, the variety, the block, the whole thing. We literally like, there was a couple of us who swapped the, the duct tape and like all of a sudden a ton of grapes showed up at the winery, uh, amongst a bunch of other grapes and like, how did that get in there? Well, yeah, we just, we just went and got it. Whoops. Um, whoops. So it's. But the key was we wanted cab that was being picked the same day they were picking the Sangiovese huh. because we want, you know, you want that co-ferment action. Where were those at ripeness level wise? Uh, I don't remember. They're ripe. Pre- pretty close. It's, it's, they're pretty close. I mean, it's, they're both, you're going to taste it. It's, it's ripe. This is definitely uh, hedonistic uh, in its, in its approach uh, to I mean, if, if one thing about buying grapes from Phil is they're never underripe. <laughs> no, I mean that, and and yeah. that's that's meant with respect. I mean, he, you don't pick things under ripe or under that things aren't aren't ready. How about that? Right, and I think that's I mean that's something we stand behind as California, right? Like we yeah. we get heat here. There's no reason we yeah. should be. What do we call it? California sunshine. <laughs> that's why I moved here, man. And Sam, I don't I don't know what is a typical Super Tuscan blend like percentage wise. I mean that's pretty much right in line. You know you're gonna do. Mostly Sangiovese with something else that has a lot of color and, and fruit, um, some bolstering. Um, in in twenty, and we're still sort of on the fence on whether it's good or not, as far as the the, the smoke. Uh, in in twenty, um, we picked Syrah from Dos Limones on the same day and co-fermented with that. Um, and that's probably going forward the direction that we'd go with it, just because. Super premium Moon Mountain District Cabernet doesn't always, you can't always steal a ton of that. Right. Uh, but also, I'd like to be able to keep it Tosamone's Vineyard Apple, uh, you know, designated. I mean, the thing, I haven't tasted it yet, but just smelling it, I think you accomplished one thing is that it doesn't smell like Cabernet. Right. No, right? It's, not, it's, yeah. It's, I think that was. That's yeah, you don't, right. I mean, that's what, you know, you get over 20%, um, you know, you got to be careful. That it doesn't become with with something with Sangiovese that has some lightness to it. You want to be careful that it doesn't become whatever that variety that you're blending it with. You want to be able to make sure it still has Sangiovese characteristics. You just you know Sangiovese sometimes uh, you know the reason why Super Tuscans are Super Tuscans is you know it's nice to sort of round things out a little bit and and add a little bit of uh, of of meatiness to it. Dead air. Mm. No, sorry. And the temperature is perfect on this. I love drinking red wine at this temp. Cellar temp. Yeah. Mm. And what is so? What are you thinking about release on this wine? Uh, It's gonna be this fall. It's gonna be. I'm not sure if it'll be a regular. Phil sent me six pack release or an add on. Probably an add on. Um, uh, 2019. We're calling it Montagna di Sonoma. 
Because it's Italian. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm craving a steak with some cracked nice. pepper on it. <clears throat> steak, Florentine. Mm. Mm. That's great. All right. Well, this has been great, you guys. Um, tell us the name of the website, how to find you on social media. Oh, the um, social medias, huh? The social medias. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah, do a little absolutely. bit of it and we, it, it works for you, we, then we certainly it. dabble. Um, so the website is drivewines.com. Um, come check us out. And we are on Instagram and, and Facebook. I haven't gotten into the Twitter sphere yet. You, you mentioned somebody earlier who kind of dissuaded me from, from getting involved on that. But Somebody um, who may have been the president at one point? Uh, yeah, possibly. possibly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't ignore it. It 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 works. It works. If you just have to use right. it correctly. That's just a different crew of wine loving people yeah, on, yeah. on right. Twitter than on than on uh, Instagram. And and no tasting room. No tastings at this uh, point. Yeah. So that's actually that's a good segue. We we're getting better at the sales thing, but we're not there. Oh, yet. that's right. I so we God. actually three months ago we we started pouring our wines at Locals, which is up in Geyserville. It's a it's a pretty cool shared tasting room. It's eleven boutique wineries. We're all making. A thousand cases or less for us. Our production is going to be about five or six hundred cases this year. Just to, we didn't really talk about that, but so we're one of eleven wineries pouring our wines at locals. They're in Geyserville, right on the main square there. You you, you can't miss it. There's what five buildings in, in downtown Geyserville. So two of them are fantastic restaurants, and one of them is a pretty cool shared tasting room. So Tom yeah, and I are up there most weekends. Uh, if anybody, any of your listeners want to come up and visit us, email us first, and Tom or myself will make sure that one or both of us are up yeah. there. To and yeah. definitely don't yeah. sleep on Geyserville in general. I, I love, totally. I love Geyserville. Yeah. 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 Locals is great because there's there's 10 or 11 different brands there. And you Why don't can, you, you shout out some of those? Shout out those. Some of your neighbors. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, Dot Wines is up there. Not. That's uh, Lisa Asamont's brand. Uh, she's doing a fantastic job making some Pinots from Russian River Valley that are pretty yep. killer. Yeah. Just introduced a new Sauv Blanc. Um, Denier Handel is up there. So Dick Handel was a grower for a number of years and started his own brand about 10 years ago. Um, Taranio Wines. Taranio. Yeah. They make some cool petite. William Gordon. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, isn't, uh, uh, is is actually, Ramazzotti in there? They used to be. So okay. they were one of the first. So this, it's actually pretty interesting. Locals has been around about 20 years. They were, as far as they know, the first shared taste room model. So TTB ABC at that, that point was like, they had no idea how to pass the paperwork through, all of these additional questions beyond what we normally see. So they've been around for a while. Ramazzotti was one of their, their first ones and since then has been able to spin off and start their own tasting room. Um, and I think you guys had Peterson on, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he has his wines up there as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. right. So he's yeah. there and he's also, what was the other... He has another kind of shared location. Yeah, that's, that's in, um, Dry Creek Road. They're, they're on Dry Creek Road. That's where their production facility is Okay. Um, in what was the old uh, fruit drying. Oh, uh, uh, no, no, no. Timbercrest Farms, mm -hmm. I think, is what the facility is. Um, and that's where their production, and they had to do tastings there also. Yeah, so it's a, it, it's pretty northern Sonoma County heavy, but there's yeah there's a really good mix of, of producers up there. It's, it's a lot of fun. Cool. You guys are making great wine. And this is these are the kind of shows that I love to do is is have people on that are just making great wine that are kind of flying under the radar that aren't on <clears throat> don't have a woman with big breasts on Instagram pumping their <laughs> wine out that it's it's actually for people who enjoy drinking wine. Shout out! Don't say it. <laughs> don't well, no, say I, it. I appreciate you guys having us on here. I've, I've been listening for a number of years and and seeing some of the people that come through and I've learned a ton from your show. So. It's pretty cool to, to be on That always terrifies me. Yeah. <laughs> with, like, with, you with a giant, giant grain of salt. <laughs> right. yeah. Sam, Sam, they're learning from the people we have Your on guests. the show. Your guests. Not from us. <laughs> okay, that's better. Thank God. <laughs> what not to do. Right.
Yeah, exactly. Don't yeah, put it's the a hobby that moved to a passion for us. Yeah. So we're having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if you can make a little money, that's great. And yeah. continue to do it, that's even better. Yeah, and again, props to the JC for making it all happen. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. All right, John Myers. All right. Well, that's good, man. Hey, every- oh, shout outs. I yeah, got a, you've I got, got, you got a bunch. A little, I mean, okay, so, things are all going open this week. And what what did you bring that first okay, bottle? So, so I, I brought a bottle that there was a, a really nice family that came in for dinner the other night and, and um, were celebrating a, a special occasion. And they happened to be talking about their rosé as I was walking about the, walking around the table. So then I stopped and, you know, politely asked, you know, are you guys growers or winemakers or something? They said, oh, we, we make a rosé. So I said, okay, cool. Well, you know, I'd, I'd love to try it sometime. Um, so the next day a guy showed up at the hotel with a bottle of wine, very unique bottle of wine, which he calls a unicorn bottle, which I'm assuming means it's expensive. Um, not necessarily the juice, but the bottle. Um, and And said that it was... Um, being made by Katie and Jeff Bunchu and that um, it, it was a celebrity who was making the wine and I asked if there was a music connection because I know Jeff is big music guy and, and he said yes that it happened to be someone that he was close to that was in the music industry and and then after he told me who it was I said holy shit I had no idea they were in here for dinner um, didn't even recognize this person um, but was was asking so is this wine out on the market and they said no it's it's available in texas and florida in a little bit and then they're gonna they're gonna release it in september or october um so anyway i asked if i could talk about it on the podcast he said yes but not to mention the name of the people so we will take a picture of the bottle we can talk about the name of the bottle though can't we we can say the name of the wine or no i think that would just pretty much blow it if you were a fan of these, of this, of, of this, these, these people, people, <laughs> and, and or their, chicks, and their or, and their new album, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're so you know bad. What, you know we're what so I love bad about this. this. We're so, <laughs> so you know what I love about this is is like so Jeff Bunchu passed um, guest who, on the show who has become a like closet Paulette. A, a, a closet podcast listener like he calls me he says man that was a great one and and whatnot <laughs> and so he's going to be listening to this i have a feeling and and then he's going to so he'll go oh, i really like these guys as he signs the cease and desist order that he sends our way <laughs> you can't sue us for anything jeff because we got nothing but <laughs> anyway we'll post a picture on on our instagram account and you can look at the bottle and, and probably figure it out from there but anyway well, we won't, but Brian will. The best part is that you were serving said celebrity. And not that I would necessarily have known who this person was if I had seen what? them in the right. But that's my favorite part of the story is that you like. Well, poured- one of my favorite, I mean, honestly, one of my top five, let's say, music videos of all time happens to include this person at a James Taylor tribute concert. So, so. I was shocked that I, I was shocked that I that I didn't write, and and of course my wife was like, "You need to bring that bottle home," because she's a big fan. So anyway, we'll we'll post that out there. Just so the to bottle that there's now a bit. third left, and you're gonna bring home to Maria. She just wants a bottle. Oh, she just wants the empty bottle. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, the bottle design's cool. Very cool. It's super cool. I mean, I will be excited. I can't to read be the back. The I can hotel. barely make it out. Seriously, it's got to be an eight point type. Well, probably that. what he meant by unicorn bottle is that. Maybe this is one of the early design bottles, maybe? 
know. Right? No, somebody printed. You couldn't just print one of those. Yeah, you, no, no. you, they, they, and with the barcode and all, they went all in. Um, they went all in for sure. So, uh, the, the bottom line, he made a huge mistake dropping the bottle off to me. <laughs> Clearly. I'm trying to, like, come up with a song lyric that I can quote, and I, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Any uh, shout-outs you want to give? I don't know. Any, anybody else who wants to sue us, please refer all lawsuits to mountaincabernet at gmail.com. <laughs> Thanks, Roger. Thank you, Roger. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. You guys appreciate you having me on your show. Subscribe, Thanks review, yeah, do all the things. Tell your friends. Share it on social media. You can listen on all of the social media, the podcast platforms, including Spotify and Amazon and uh, all those other ones that I don't know. Top one and a half percent. Now. Top one and a half percent of whatever that means. <laughs> and for all you people who live here in Sonoma that have been driving by that Quan Vineyard, now you know, you know. where that's going. Awesome. Yep.